It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we're going to talk about the bonus OTA that we got today. Now, the Jets were scheduled to practice today. So when I say bonus, I don't mean that it's a bonus for the players or that we got an extra practice out of it, but we did get extra media access, which is a bonus for fans because we get a little more insight into what's going on. And so we bring in our friend covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez. Andy, what's going on, sir? How much, Scott? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm enjoying this weather. And it sounds like the reporters were enjoying it over at Florham Park today. A beautiful day. And a perfect day to be watching a New York Jets football practice. Let's start with the lead item, which is, of course, Zach Wilson. How did he look today? Yeah, so he looked pretty good, but not as sharp as last week. So this is to be expected. He's learning a new offense. He's in his first weeks of of full practices. And uh, it wasn't a bad day by any stretch of the imagination, but we saw some things that we didn't see last week in the first open practice. He forced a couple of throws. He made a couple of bad decisions. He threw his first interception, and it wasn't his fault, but 10 of 16 is what I had him for on the day. Uh, he got he got sacked, as we'll put quote quotation marks around that because you know nobody touched him, but he took too long to throw the ball on one play where, where the defense got in the backfield. Uh, Another thing we hadn't seen before. So, you know, these are expected growing pains, uh, no reason to be alarmed, but overall still a pretty good day. He, He looks comfortable and confident, but it just didn't come as easy today as it had on, on other occasions is the best way I would describe it. And again, he's learning. And there's, it's not supposed to be easy and, and it's not always going to be seamless. He's going to make mistakes, guys. He's going to throw interceptions in games. It's going to happen. It's not the end of the world. Overall, the arrow is still pointing up and it's still very, 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 very early. And let's, let's wait until we get to, uh, you know, where guys are actually getting hit before we start to make anything approaching a definitive judgment on, on how he's progressing. And you have the numbers up at NorthJersey.com. So he was 10 for 16 with an interception and a sack, completed both of his pass attempts in 11-on-11 drills. He completed 8 of 14 in 7-on-7s. In red zone drills, he was 6 of 10 with an interception with all of his completions 
going for touchdowns. So, of course, you can see an even more in-depth report of that up at NorthJersey.com. But another thing to note was that there was a lot of action for the Carter brothers. Well, they're not actually brothers, but they're both named Carter and they're both named Michael. So let's dub them that. Keeping up with the Carters. Tell us about what they did today. First of all, both of them are playing with the first teamers. And obviously the Jets uh, have some guys who aren't there, and we'll get to that later, I'm sure. But it's a promising sign to see that they've already shown enough uh, in the stuff that we haven't seen on and off the field to merit getting that kind of run. Uh, so Michael Carter, we'll start with the defensive Michael Carter. He had an interception and going back to Wilson, the, the interception wasn't his fault. He, he found Vincent Smith in the end zone and Vincent Smith actually beat Michael Carter uh, for what should have been a touchdown, but the ball bounced off of Smith's chest, popped up in the air and, and Carter was there, had the awareness to snag it and give him credit for that. He didn't give up on the play. There's something to be said for that, and and he it paid off with the first interception that we've seen of Zach Wilson during any sort of team drills in the two practices that we've watched. And again, he was on the field a lot today with the first team and had some run with the second team as well. This is good experience for him and a good sign that he could potentially be a guy who makes an impact in the regular season and and obviously the door is wide open because the Jets at cornerback uh, don't really have any kind of proven definitive guys there at the position. So he's taking advantage of an opportunity and, and that's good. And then the other Michael Carter, the running back, um, he was also in a lot with the first team. He had a, a, a touchdown pass during seven on seven drills. He, he caught a short pass for a touchdown he also had the biggest play of the day on 11 on 11 drills. It was later in the practice. The Jets really hadn't done much offensively in those 11 and 11 drills. The first team hadn't done much. And uh, Wilson found him down the left sideline on a wheel route that went for a big gain. I can't tell you exactly what it went for because with the some of the COVID protocols are still in place. Uh, we're watching from when they're over on fields uh, two and three, which are – closer to our side of the building we have to watch from behind so it, it was not only are you contending with a bad angle but the entire offense that isn't on the field is standing behind the offense that is on the field so it's kind of hard to see what's going on so I couldn't tell you exactly what it went for but it looked like a 25 30 yard gain and it, it was a nice pass and, and, a, and a nice route and you know the Michael Carter the running back looks as advertised he's very fast he's very shifty there seem to be some holes opening up for him to run through uh which is also a promising sign depending on how you look at it maybe not such a promising sign for the defense but yeah it was it was overall a, a good day for both of them and i think for jets fans uh, an encouraging sign that the fourth and a fifth round pick uh might have a real chance to make an impact when the games count later this year Good day for Elijah Moore, the second-round pick out of Ole Miss. I've been talking him up since the Jets drafted him, and obviously it's very early in practices, and we don't want to go overboard, but he caught two passes for touchdowns and spent a lot of time with the first team. I, I don't want to overstate the touchdowns here because basically these came in seven-on-seven seven drills where they're lining up at the 10, so almost anything that's caught at that point is going to be a touchdown. 
but yeah, uh, he, he got open on a slant there and, and made it happen. Uh, and I, I think, yeah, he also had a catch during 11 on 11. I think it was a short, a short catch, but he's making his impact felt and, and with, with, he was basically this is the Jets number one receiver on the field today because Denzel Mims wasn't practicing. Jameson Crowder isn't there. And Corey Davis, who got hurt earlier in OTAs, also isn't practicing. He was there watching from the sideline. So Elijah Moore is kind of the top weapon in terms of receiver go right now. And, and he's getting his chance to be out there on the field. And I think it's encouraging that, uh, you know, Zach Wilson was able to hook up with him for a pass uh, in 11 on 11 drills where, you know, they only took eight snaps today in those drills so for, for more to get involved and in, in the fact that they're building chemistry this early, yeah, it's a good thing. And, and that's really what this is all about is kind of an opportunity for, for Wilson to build chemistry with his receivers and an opportunity for everybody on the team, the offensive line to build chemistry and, and everybody who's out there to kind of get a feel for each other. Because let's be honest, this team has so many – uh, moving parts that that is going to be one of the biggest challenges they face this season is kind of integrating all those parts and, and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. While it was a good day for Elijah Moore, it wasn't a very good day for Vincent Smith. No, not, not the best day for, for Vincent Smith. We had that drop that we talked about uh, another time. I, I believe where it looked like Wilson was going for him and they weren't on the same page. And then you don't see a lot of fumbles in practices without pads, without hitting, but in working with the second team, Smith caught a, a pretty deep pass down the middle and, and was running with the ball and got the ball smacked out of his hands. So that's not what you want to see from him, a guy who has shown some potential and obviously had a, a rough year last year because of the injuries, but um, not, not a promising sign. And, and I don't want to get, on a guy too hard for what we're seeing here in the spring because this is a time to be working on stuff but it, it wasn't it wasn't a good day for him and and we'll see if he can bounce back on friday the next time we uh get to watch a practice chris herndon made some nice plays today which is an encouraging sign considering that he had such a bad year last year and was pretty much non-existent the year before that People are hoping that Chris Herndon can make an impact in the passing game this year. And again, we don't want to overreact, but it is a promising first sign here for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, last week he had a, a catch in practice, uh, a nice catch in 11 on 11 drills. I believe it was over the middle. Uh, and today he got involved in seven on seven drills, catching a touchdown pass. I mean, this is a guy who, when he showed up last year, was either not for a good reason or it was a shock to see him make an impact. So the fact that he's clearly starting to build something with Wilson again is a good sign. And, and just the fact that he's showing up and somebody I noticed is a good sign because, I mean, there were months last year where you're like, is Chris Herndon still on this team? So that that's an encouraging sign. And, and a guy we've seen that he can – do a good job at his position and make a an impact in the red zone. It's a good sign to see him getting involved here. So let's see if he can continue that and let's see what it looks like when the pads go on. But 
at this early stage, yeah, that's that's what you want to see. And and if he's going to have a good season, uh, it's probably going to start now with him getting involved and, and making an impact in the easiest situation to make an impact. So let's see how he progresses. But yes, yeah, a, a very early but a very encouraging sign for a guy who could be a difference maker on this offense and, and for an offense that is going to need to be able to get the job done in the red zone, something that the Jets have been awful at for basically the last five years. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Andy, a lot of talk about who the Jets' backup quarterback is going to be in 2021. A lot of people believe that at some point the Jets will go out and get an experienced veteran. We've heard whispers about maybe Nick Foles or Nick Mullins or maybe Nick Cannon. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's busy, but if he could get one of those Knicks, that could be an option for them. But as of this moment, just based on what you appear to be watching at OTAs, it seems like of the guys they currently have, Mike White has the edge for the backup role. Yeah, and I say that simply because he's working with the second team right now. He's the next man up after Wilson. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not tracking his stats, so I can't give you a detailed breakdown on exactly how he looks. But I, he didn't make – he hasn't thrown any interceptions that I've seen, and, and he's been pretty solid in terms of making decisions and, and looking like he's making them quickly. So – I personally think that the backup quarterback isn't on the roster. I think that the Jets are going to bring in someone to fill that role. But I think uh, perhaps smartly, they're going to wait a while and let Wilson kind of establish himself so that when this backup comes in, the, this this person will presumably have some experience in the league, but but Wilson won't be threatened by him and you won't get a situation where you know, there's a, a real quarterback competition. And, and I know competition is good, but when you're developing a young quarterback, you got to manage that, that there, there can be a fragility to a guy's mindset. And if you bring in a young quarterback and or a, a backup quarterback who's proven and Wilson starts to struggle before he's really kind of gotten comfortable, it, it could be an issue. It, and that's not a reflection on Wilson. That's a reflection on, on anybody. So, um, I think the way that they're handling it right now is probably the smartest way to handle it. And uh, yeah, but that, but that's the situation in terms of, of where it's at. And maybe if Mike White balls out for the rest of OTAs in, in, in mandatory minicamp, maybe the Jets will feel more comfortable going into the season the way they are now, which could have some benefits in terms of roster and, and salary cap space. So uh it's something it's something to follow but yeah personally i think you're probably going to see a veteran on this roster but maybe not until we get uh to training camp or maybe a little bit into training camp andy i'm jealous of you and i think a lot of jets fans are because you got to do something that a lot of us never will and that is you got an up close look at mr fee he he needs mullet was it as outstanding up close as it seems when you're looking at photos of it. Dude, it's freaking glorious. I mean, <laughs> I can't I can't even describe. I'm not going to try to describe it. Uh, I mean, I I could use the words like flowing or luscious. It, it's it's something to behold. And I hope I, I was about 20 yards away. I took a video of the offensive line, but I, I'm not going to put that out there. I'm going to 
on Friday, I'm going to make it my goal to get a zoom photo of this thing. And I know people have seen it, but it's just, you know, you haven't really seen it until you've seen a low quality cell phone picture from about 30 yards away. So, um, I just want people to experience that and, and make their own judgments. But yeah, I feel very, very fortunate to be able to witness that. And it, it really is, it is delightful. And I, and if I had uh, maybe 15 years ago or 10 years ago, I could have, I could have done something like that. And then I don't really have a lot of regrets in life, but I wish I had. <laughs> I'm trying I will to say picture that. you with a mullet right now. One guy that I don't think is going to be having a <laughs> mullet anytime soon is Marcus May. He skipped the practice, as did Carl Lawson, Jamison Crowder, Mackay Becton, Alex Lewis, and Ashton Davis. Plus, as you said before, Denzel Mims and Corey Davis did not practice either. Do we know anything about the guys that skipped the practices because Obviously, there's some concern with Makai Becton when he doesn't practice because he did miss a bunch of games last year, and it's not like he's some well-seasoned veteran who isn't practicing. You're talking about a guy who's only going to his second year. So is there anything to this, or are people trying to make something where there is nothing? I don't know, and that that's the best answer I can give you. Um, I wouldn't be overly concerned because if Makai Becton was dealing with a, a serious injury, it would be out there by now because we haven't seen him at practice in more than a week. Um, something almost certainly would have gotten out there. I'm not saying it's, it's not impossible that it would be under wraps, but it also just doesn't make sense because the guys who have been injured uh, are at practice. So uh, there would, they would have to be hiding him inside for the entire time that we're out there. I'm not saying that that isn't possible, but I just, my feel is that he's just probably not there, which is completely within his right because these workouts are voluntary. I mean, we saw Denzel Mims out there today, not practicing. Corey Davis is out there not practicing because he's dealing with an injury. Presumably that's what's going on with Mims. We don't know exactly, but he was in the injury rehab area during practice. Um, we'll find out more information on that with Mims before, um, Friday's practice when Robert Sala next speaks to us. And I'll, I'll, uh, if I can, I'll make a note to, to ask Sala if anything is going on with Becton in terms of an injury or if he's just not there because I mean, it's a fair question and, and it should be one the coach is able to answer. So I mean, we can clear that up on, on Friday morning, but um, in terms of the other stuff, I would be a little bit more concerned with Mims not practicing right now because of what happened last year and the amount of time he missed with an injury and and the fact that we saw him in the rehab area for so long. To see him back there is not uh, what you want to see if you're a Jets fan. So that that's a bit of a concern to me. But uh, with Becton, I wouldn't be super worried about it at the moment. But as time moves forward and if we get to mandatory minicamp without him on the field, then you can start to worry. But I do understand some of the concern from fans because, you know, there were a lot of games last year where he didn't finish and, and where he didn't spend a lot of time on the field. And in an ideal world, you would really like to see him out there right now building chemistry with Vera Tucker and, and building chemistry with the offensive line, because there are so many new parts. But again, uh, if he, if the reason he's not out there is because of uh, he chose not to be out there. That's his, that's his right. And, and 
the players right that they collectively bargained. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't raise any big red flags until we get to a mandatory minicamp when you know these guys have to be out there. One of the reasons that people's imaginations have started to run wild as far as Mekhi Becton goes is because Morgan Moses, who was most recently the starting right tackle for Washington, was let go a couple of weeks ago in a stunner. He came in for a visit, so people thinking maybe he would be an insurance policy for Mekhi Becton. And the other little bit of news that we should talk about before we go in addition to Moses is the fact that the team signed Ronald Blair the interior defensive lineman, the strongest unit on the team gets stronger. The one issue with Blair, and it's a major issue, is injuries. He hasn't played since he got hurt in 2019, didn't play at all last year. His last full season was in 2018, and he was really, really good. Five and a half sacks, 14 quarterback hits, very explosive player. Salah has spoken very highly of him in the past. And he's a guy that they could clearly use. The question, of course, is going to be whether or not he can stay on the field. So what do we know about Morgan Moses? Is this just them dipping their toe in the water, doing some due diligence? And Ronald Blair's presence certainly seems to be a welcome addition. Even if the Jets are already very rich at that position, you can never have enough good players stocked over there, especially considering that with guys that big, you rotate them in and out. Yeah, I think. The Blair signing makes sense in terms of a, a low-risk, high-reward type of a signing. Uh, a, a guy who definitely can contribute in an area that is probably already a strength for the Jets. The injury thing is a real concern, like you said. Um, that he, had, he tore his ACL in November of 2019, and then apparently there were some issues with the surgery. You, know, you always hear these surgeries, a successful surgery. Well, Apparently his wasn't because that was why he couldn't get back on the field last year with the 49ers. I think his history, though, with Salah makes it, again, that, that kind of a, a a move that could really pay off for them if he can get back to anything where he was. And and if he's playing you know, less reps, there's obviously less of a chance for injury, and, and he still could be a high-impact rotational player for them. So that was interesting. I'm not – I didn't list him on my injury report because I, I didn't, I can't be sure if he was on the field or wasn't on the field during practice. But at one point, he was over in the in the injury rehab area, and he was wearing number fifty four, which was kind of interesting to me too. Um, I don't know if, how much you want to read into that, but just thought I'd throw that out there. And then with Moses, I just think that no matter what's going on with Makai Becton right now, given how much time he spent injured last year, it makes sense for them to kick the tires. And ostensibly, he could be an upgrade for the Jets at right tackle as well over George Fant. Um, so if the price were to be right, I I see why they would be interested in kicking the tires on him. But I, I don't, again, I don't have any information on Makai Becton's current status in terms of injury, but either way, it, make, it would make sense for the Jets to take a look at him. So um, I wouldn't read that as some sort of an alarm. It just makes sense. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com. Thanks so much for coming on. For this bonus edition that we weren't expecting earlier in the week, the Jets blessed us with extra media access, so we wanted to 
paint an accurate picture of what went down today. As always, glad you could join me and help fill in the blanks. We'll do this again later in the week. The Jets are going to be practicing on Friday, so we'll have something for you after that. In the meantime, though, you've got a write-up of this practice and a whole bunch of other cool stuff up at NorthJersey.com right now, right? Yeah, and I just want to clear one more thing up. Uh, this was added to the schedule. Uh, I, I guess Robert Sala just wanted to give us a chance to watch an extra practice, and but there was no player access added, so that's why there weren't quotes today. And that's uh, that makes sense because the there usually there wasn't even supposed to be any access today. So uh, that's not a complaint. It's just explaining to you why we didn't talk to the players after practice and that's why i didn't have any player quotes on my recap at northjersey.com today but on friday we will talk to the players after practice i'm sure we'll talk to zach wilson and i'll uh kind of catch you up on where he's feeling his game is at this point after he wraps up the second week of ota practices uh, on northjersey.com on friday you can also find a subscriber only story and we do have that one dollar for six months deal still going you can find a subscriber only story kind of going over the moves that the jets should consider to make themselves better before we get into training camp here now that it's after june 1st some doors have opened so i'm going to go over that and and the moves that might make sense a few moves that might make sense for the jets and just keep coming to north jersey throughout this off-season program as i'll continue to have practice recaps and continue to look ahead and, and see what the Jets can do uh, as we get closer to training camp and, and the regular season. We're now you know, three months away from meaningful football. So every day we're getting closer and, and through mandatory mini camp at the end or the middle of this month, I'll be breaking down what everything looks like and, and what the Jets can do to get better as a, uh, we get closer to the season. Make sure checking out everything Andy is writing over at NorthJersey.com and check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Brand new Paces Playbook. Kayla Pace's commentary is up. Plus, we've got film reviews of Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, and more. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you can go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.